When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Grammy-winning singer-songwriter Jason Mraz drops his new album today, which also happens to be his birthday. He joined me to discuss the new album, his upcoming concert at Wolf Trap in August, and his biggest hits from The Remedy to I'm Yours. Hey, Jason Mraz. Hey, thanks so much for joining us on WTOP. Thanks, Jason. It's great to be here. Yeah. Jason on Jason. A whole new series. <laughs> I like that. The the Jason team here. Uh, we're talking for a couple of things, actually. You're coming to Wolf Trap, sort of near your hometown, uh, on August 6th. But even before that, let's start with the, the new album that's out in a couple of weeks on, on June 23rd. It's called uh, Mystical, Magical, Rhythmical, Radical Ride. Uh, did I get it right? <laughs> well said. Yeah, well said. Uh, my wife and I listened to the whole thing last night. We were jamming out to it. So uh, it's it's really, really good stuff. Uh, take me into the recordings of some of it. I mean, uh, I feel like dancing uh, is like an upbeat, almost like a, I don't know, almost like a Timberlakey kind of dance feel. Pancakes and Butter has some really cool turns of phrases in it. If you want to fire, I got the match. If you got an itch, I got the scratch. <laughs> uh, t- take me into recording some of it. Yeah, well, um, it's my eighth studio album, and I've tried with every effort to always do do something new. You know, when I look at my, when I try to build a set list for a show, like at Wolf Trap, for example, I want to put in that show something I've never done before or try to fill in the blanks with maybe a genre or a sound, a style, a tempo, a mood, a lyric uh, that I've just not yet tackled before. So this new album covers some new ground, especially in the dance arena. I wanted to make some disco. I wanted to try to make some up-tempo music that, that in a way emulated electronic dance music, but without going fully electronic, you know, still played by humans. Um, and still try to maintain some, some optimism about uh, our future. Still try to maintain some, um, some youth while I'm getting older, you know? So, <laughs> and at the same time, respect that I'm getting older and really study time. And so this album kind of also looks at, at passage through time and how much time do we have left? And can we still pursue our dreams at this point in our life? Which I think, yes, we can. Uh, recording this album was a blast. I got to work with some of my best friends. They're called Raining Jane. They're four incredible artists that have a band of their own. And we wrote and recorded these songs together. And they're, of course, they, of course, are in the super band, which will be at Wolf Trap on August 6th. I love it. I love it. Yeah. You mentioned the theme of the song, Little Time, uh, about, you know, it sort of opens with, you know, when you're born and then and it kind of takes us through a life cycle. Um, you mentioned disco and you can totally hear sort of, uh, in, well, there's one actually called Disco Sun, but the the other song too, Feel Good Too, um, almost had like a little bit of that like old 70s, like shaft funk kind of in the background. Uh, hey, was, it really, cool, was, yeah. it, was it really fun experimenting with the different styles? 
Definitely. Um, you know, I, with every album, I try to acquire some new instruments and the instruments themselves will kind of take you down new paths. So, you know, this is probably the first album where I played wah-wah guitar on the album and played a few more synthesizers. And so you marry those sounds with some dance drums and it does harken back to the 1970s for some of those, um, those disco moments, or at least those sonic textures, uh, which was fun for me. I'm from the 70s, but I've really yet to make music that sounds like it's from that era. <laughs> well, now you have. Everyone, check out the album. It's coming out June 23rd. Well, you said you're you're from the 70s. Uh, we should. I love catching everyone up. You know, it's sort of your your origin story since it's sort of our, our local tie-in here. Uh, you know, in the DC area. So uh, you're born in 77 in Mechanicsville, Virginia. How did how did you get into music growing up? Like, I, were you listening to some of these sounds like we're talking about? Yeah, my parents always had the radio going or their you know, console stereo going, you know, yeah. the, the kind of stereo that had a eight track and a record player and a, and a tuner all in one big giant piece of furniture. I was lucky to have one of those big pieces of furniture in my bedroom as a kid <laughs> and got to play my dad's records. Uh, we also had a piano in our house. Uh, so my mom was always very generous to uh, show me some chords and let me bang on it and be very loud in the house. And then the last thing I'll say about my upbringing is um, we were so lucky to have music in schools. I had music in my public school since second grade. I remember being introduced to music that early. By fifth grade, we could we could join the band. We were playing recorder. By sixth grade, it was an elective, and we could join the chorus or the band in in in, uh, in more depth. And uh, that that not only affected my grade point average, it, it just affected my quality of life in general. Yeah. So I was very, very lucky that our, uh, that our county uh, really supported the arts because it gave myself and a lot of students, you know, music for the rest of their lives. Yeah, absolutely. Such a good point. And we should tell everyone for anyone local Virginians listening, you know, it was it was the former Lee Davis High School, right? Now it's Mechanicsville right. High School. Because you know why? Why why are we gonna honor Lee and Davis? I'm cool with the change. It's up with you, yeah. up to you. But you yeah, know I recommended that they rename my high school Jason Moraz High School, but they went with Mechanicsville instead just for the yeah. geography and location. But right. maybe I'll I'll keep petitioning for that. Let's let's start it here on WTOP, the Jason Mraz High School. Come on, there you go. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like you said, you know, school chorus, taking drama. I think you were in, you know, Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat, even the cheerleading squad. You know, you got to try a lot of different performing avenues, right? And and it's carried on to your stage performances. Definitely. I mean, I knew for ever since I was a little kid, entertaining at home on the piano and in front of our fireplace to our family, <laughs> I knew that I had some kind of gift, some kind of magic trick that could capture someone's time and attempt time and attention through music and through yeah. imagination. Yeah. Uh, so I did that in any arena that I could, like all of those that you just mentioned uh, during high school and after school programs and summer programs so much so that um, I went to college for musical theater and that's where I really started playing guitar and entertaining my college roommates and uh, was a big fan of Dave Matthews, who was, you know, a local act when I was growing right. up. Yeah. Uh, so I thought if he could do it, uh, then someone like me, you know, deserved has just the same chance to go out there and make a living on original music and imagination. And uh, yeah. and it's it's worked out. Yeah. 
Yeah, you did. You did it. So remind us of those early days before, you know, waiting for my rocket, those early days, what you moved to, what was it like San Diego? There was like some coffee houses, a couple EPs. There was like that live acoustic thing, live at Java Joe's. How did, how did that, all those early experiences shape you? And like, how'd you ultimately get signed by Electra Records? Yeah. So I had, I, uh, I did a short stint in New York City for musical theater, quickly realized I wanted to write songs and be Bob Dylan. So I moved back to Virginia <laughs> okay. and spent about three or four years just focusing on learning guitar and writing songs. After a few years of that I and, and a lot of reading, I, I, I noticed that all my heroes had spent some time on the West Coast. So I said I needed at least to make one pilgrimage in my lifetime to the West Coast, right. see it, have an experience as a writer. And then come back to Virginia and, you know, continue my education. And But what I did not anticipate was getting caught up in the web of the West <laughs> and being totally inspired by the people, sort of culture, philosophies, uh, geography, topography of the land, uh, the, the, the weather. Um, not to say anything bad against Virginia weather and, and all of those things, uh, but it was just new. I was 21 and I had never experienced the West Coast before. Um, but also I met some great people right away who introduced me to the coffee shop scene in California. And being a new kid on the block, nobody knew who I was. Who's this kid from Mechanicsville just showing up at a coffee shop in San Diego? Yeah. I think that also added some allure to my act. And um, I just got swept up in the coffee shop scene and started recording my shows and offering them at the door when people came to see me. And one of those recordings ended up on the desk of a record executive in Los Angeles who uh, came to see my show and, and uh, made me an offer that I couldn't refuse. And <laughs> I turned my little coffee shop show into uh, what would become my first album, you know, it, with, with a lot of effort, but uh Right. It eventually became my first album. And that, that of course, set me on a new path of becoming a recording artist. Yep, yep. And, of course, that first one was called Waiting for My Rocket to Come in 2002. Aptly, aptly titled. The Rocket came with that one because uh, you and I both was was huge. Uh, but tell me, of course, about The Remedy. You know, I won't worry my life away. That is one that folks of, of my age, you know, we grew up with that, you know, maybe like, I don't know, late high school, early college, and we would just plop that in. If we were in a bad mood, you could turn, crank it up in the car, put the windows down, put the top down if you had it. I didn't, but, you know, just drive down the car, down the road, and like your troubles would melt away with that song. Oh, man, thank you so much. That was uh, a really unique expression, to, you know, to have these rap verses and these big sung giant pop chorus, which uh, was definitely a studio effort and it scared the heck out of me when I when I created this song in the studio with others because I just it was a big stretch from my coffee shop style to this huge recording style right uh, it was produced by John Alasia another great Virginia-based uh, producer with Agents of Good Roots in the studio with me another great Virginia-based band uh, so all of us in the studio made this giant track inspired by one of my best friends growing up, Charlie, who was a cancer survivor, and his philosophy was, I'm not going to worry my life away. I'm going to go through this experience, and the experience is going to be the remedy that I need to get me through it. And so inspired by his story, this song came to fruition, and, and it scared me in so many ways, from the production style to, to also sharing a personal story of my friend's life. But I noticed right away, it really started to resonate with listeners who were both survivors 
and listeners like yourself who just needed to plop something in and help uh, remember to not worry and not stress uh, any extra about life already, you know, and um, and it caught a lot of attention nationwide, that song. And, you know, again, scared the heck out of me because I didn't know how I was going to follow it up. Yeah. Um, but uh, just put one foot in front of the other and just kept writing songs ever since. Wow. I, I had no idea it was inspired by a, can- a cancer survivor story. That's um, right. Yeah. And he's still, he's still with us and doing really well. Still oh, lives in Mechanicsville. So, so great. Still, still Ned, yeah. no evidence of disease. Wow. Yeah. There's that's a lot right. of, there's a lot of listeners, including myself who, who've been touched by that recently. So mm. um, yes, that, that, that's an inspirational one. And, and no matter what point of your life, you can return to that one and, and lift us up. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Uh, well, just moving chronologically, we don't have time to hit all the albums, obviously, but your second one, was, second one was Mr. A to Z. But we have my listeners will be, you know, mad at me if I don't go into the third one. We sing, we dance, we steal things in 2008. Um, tell me about putting together I'm Yours. It was nominated for freaking Grammy for Song of the Year. You know, damn that Coldplay. <laughs> Viva la vida. I but, know, uh, right? All that doesn't matter. What matters is the song itself. Um, talk about, you know, I won't hesitate. No more, no more. How did you come up with those words? Uh, I was really sitting around uh, playing a guitar with a longing to write a song, with a longing to reconnect with source or whichever it is that gives us our ideas, that plants dreams in us, uh, that which maybe animates us. You know, everybody has a different name for whatever their higher power may be, the great unknown. Uh, So I was singing to the great unknown, singing, make me an instrument, I'm yours. You know, I've fallen through the cracks, I'm trying to get back. I'm not gonna hesitate anymore, I'm yours. And like literally in that moment, improvising this song into existence, just by giving myself away or trying to get out of my way in order to sing a song. And luckily I was, you know, at the same time improvising it, I also get to be a witness of it and try to write it down as fast as I can as it's coming out. Yeah. Um, and this is this is really how I write. I write through improvisation. I just start playing music and then I just start to sing. And if I get lucky, uh, you know, something magic happens. And I'm Yours was one of the most magical ones because I actually thought it sounded a bit like a nursery rhyme. I thought it was a little too cute, a little too simple. So I set it aside <laughs> And uh, I pitched it for my second album in 2004, Mr. A to Z, and it didn't make the cut. Uh, but I, I started playing it live in 2005, and it became a quick hit amongst listeners of our live show. Uh, so I knew in 2008 it needed to arrive on an, on an album at least. 
and it just, just took off from there. Well, we're glad that it did. <laughs> uh, one of yeah. one of the coolest songs of the last, I don't know, 25 years. Uh, well, the same album won the Grammy for Make It Mine. Another one I think you won again for Lucky, right? The Colby Calais. That's thing. right. Lucky I'm in love with with my best friend. A lot of us can say that. <laughs> uh, working, What was it like working with Colby? Oh, she's she's so gracious, so kind, such a beautiful voice, pitch perfect. Um just the easiest to work with no she's a no drama mama she's the best no yeah. drama mama uh, that could have been the song title too but lucky was probably better i like that that's better. right <laughs> um all right well real quick love is a four-letter word was also huge that one might even been your biggest album to date at that point because you're building you know this following all along uh tell me yeah. about the writing uh i won't i won't give up you know i won't give up on us even if the skies get rough you know like yeah about you know and even if it's not a relationship like you could be going through just a hard period in your life and the song could be sung looking in the mirror right and that's kind of how i felt i'd been i'd been going through a breakup that was pretty devastating as they all are um, and I not only wanted to not give up on the friendship and the quality of friendship that we had, but I didn't want to give up on myself and make myself feel like a loser and diminish my own quality of life. And so the song is a little bit about both, you know, um, that's why it's, I'm not going to give up on us because each one of us has a life inside of this. So whether or not you stay together or go your own way. Um, and again, it was a song that was, that really came out of an emotional period and an improvisation sitting at my kitchen table on a Sunday morning, you know, singing in honor to my friend um, and the depth in her eyes that will always be there. Um, but also to the tears pouring down my face and how I'm, you know, I still want to show up and make a difference in this world. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to look at, at myself as a loser in this process. Um, so that's what I won't give up about, you know, I, I rarely write a song that isn't true. You know, I'm, I, I try to write about whatever's going on in my life. And that's yeah. that's always proven to be the best formula for me. Well, that's true, because what's going on in your life? What, well, I guess you did Yes first in the fifth album, but I would love someone. And, but then the sixth one was No. And I believe, you know, Have It All, More Than Friends. We all remember those. But that's didn't right. um, Might As Well Dance had footage of, of your own wedding in it? Like you're talking about what's going on in your own life. There it is. It did, yeah. That that originated as a as a slow song on our answering machine, uh, really? but I thought it had it had such um, potential that once I kind of turned it into um, kind of a country funk number, uh, I'm a big fan of country funk. Um, <laughs> once we turned it into that, it just it just started dancing. Uh, so yeah, that's that's that that song. Um, I love it. Thanks. I love it. And then, uh, you know, Look for the Good brings us full circle, I guess. Uh, was that pandemic inspired, that title? You know what? Uh, it was written before the pandemic. Um, I, I wrote and recorded that album in 2019. Look for the Good. It's a all reggae. Mm. Whoops, I'm, I'm sitting at a piano right now. Um, <laughs> Do that it's, again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was a reggae album um, inspired by what was going to be 2020. I knew that 2020 was going to be a heated year, being an election year. And those years can be quite negative on ev for everyone. They just feel very tense. So I wanted to create an album that countered that tension and reminded us to look for the good, to live healthily through a debate season and to 
continue to lift others up because everyone is suffering, no matter what side of the aisle you're on. Life is hard. So that's what that album was about. It was meant to really inspire dance. And I learned a lot about dance and rhythm through that process, which is why I'm doing more of a dance album this time on my eighth album. Um, but ironically, that Look for the Good album, which was written for 2020, um, ironically, 2020 turned out to be, you know, a stranger year than any of us ever imagined. Um, but it was a very challenging time to promote an album. I obviously couldn't put the band together and we couldn't hit the road. And I found myself alone on Zoom trying to promote a reggae album. And um, it just, it seemed a little out of place. But it's still available. Um, I think it's going to fit perfectly for 2024. So uh, you might see me promoting that record one more time. It's it's perfect. And yes, we, bring it on. Uh, we're happy that the new album, uh, it, 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 we loved it last night listening to it. And yeah, and keep keep looking for the good. Like there, there's another heated election cycle coming. Uh, and I, I mean, do you want to say anything? Um, I mean, I see the shirt. Do you want to say anything as we enter Pride Month as it as it relates to, you know, trying to look for the good and, and fight for that when there is so much, oh, you know, man, negative, just... there's so much negative forces out there right now. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you're celebrating Pride, celebrate and be yourself you know celebrate yourself and if you're not celebrating pride let others be themselves you know <laughs> let others be themselves like that's we all come to this earth miraculously uh, and we all deserve the same rights to experience what it's like driving these little meat suits around you know and everyone's is going to look different and feel different and sound different and and depending on what side of the planet you're on, you're going to have a completely different experience. So um, I say let's honor everyone's unique experience and let them live the best life they can possibly imagine. That's what pride should be about, especially if you're looking from the outside in. Um, be proud that there are humans on this earth that um, are getting a chance to live a life that's fully expressed. Perfectly said. I'll, I'll leave it there. I can't say it any better myself. So thank you so much uh, for joining us. Um, again, you're going to Jason Mraz is going to be performing at Wolf Trap on August 6th, you know, right up the road right. from hometown of Mechanicsville, Virginia. Uh, but first, check out the new album on June 23rd. It's called Mystical, Magical, Rhythmical, Radical Ride. I got it right. Send it right again. That's it. That's <laughs> it. The Mystical, Magical, Rhythmical, Radical Ride starts June 23rd. All right. Well, hey, Jason Mraz, from one Jason to another, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Jason. It's a pleasure to be on your program today. Thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time.